America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, my Broadway-loving beauties. It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. Okay, I'm really, really excited about this episode of the show for a lot of reasons. First of all, when I fell in love with musicals, it was entirely due to my obsession with the leading ladies in the shows. I I vividly remember listening to my two-CD set uh, cast recording of Sunset Boulevard with Patti Lapone. That's right. I'm a purist, people. I got that two-disc set for Christmas when I was 14 years old. I remember sitting in my bedroom and listening to her voice. It was blistering with passion and vibrato. So much vibrato. And I don't think I knew what it was that I was reacting to, but I knew that I didn't just hear it. I felt it. And then there was Bernadette belting Sunday and Song and Dance and Into the Woods. Sarah Brightman wishing you were somehow here again. Now, don't judge me. I was 10 years old. Leia Salonga, Jennifer Holliday, Julie Andrews in Camelot. The list goes on and on of these women that I loved. Actually, I was teaching a theater camp uh, just last week, and I had a couple kiddos who were singing Suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors, and I had them watch that scene with Ellen Green and Rick Moranis from the 80s film. And that, it reminded me that that was my absolute zero. My very first diva crush was Ellen Green belting out Suddenly Seymour. And I wondered, what what's that sound she's making? What was this presence? Anywho, as you know, I'm gay, 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 and I always wished I could have been in the audience when those legendary leading ladies first took Broadway by storm. I've been lucky enough to stand on stage with Heather Headley and Adina Menzel and witness their rise into the ranks of legends. And I wonder, does the audience know what they're getting, that we would be talking about these performances and these women for decades to come? So that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to chat about the new leading ladies of Broadway that we've assembled here today. Ashley Lauren, who stars as Satine in Moulin Rouge, the musical. Talia Suskauer, who is defying gravity and wicked on Broadway as Alphaba after soaring through the country on the national tour. And my very good friend and yours, belting bonds herself, Bonnie Milligan, who, I'm saying it right now, I guarantee will be dressing up at the Tonys next year for her star turn in upcoming Kimberly Akimbo, which you'll hear me gush about in the interview. She's just the coolest. So remember these names. They're here to stay and are undoubtedly thrilling youngsters, just like me the world over, who are wondering, what's that voice? What is that presence? 
It's a leading lady. Now, let's go on with the show. Hello, uh, theater friends, and welcome to iHeartRadio Broadway's theater talk show party extravaganza, the Broadway cast. I'm your host and resident Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. Today is a very, very special day. And why, you ask? I'm going to tell you. It's because we are recording live in studio for the first time in over three years. It feels so good. So just like Broadway, I feel like we are officially back now. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. There's nothing quite like being in the same physical space as all of our guests. So let's meet these lovely Leading ladies, shall we? First up, I had the privilege of seeing her just last night starring as Satine in Moulin Rouge. She's also appeared on Broadway in Jekyll and Hyde. This is the fabulous Ashley Lauren. Hello. Hi, Ashley. So happy to be here. I know, live in person. I can see your face in everything. I know, my full face. You're not even pixelated. I'm not. (laughs) Which is wild. There's no filter, no No. grain. No mask. But gorgeous. You were sensational in the show. I, I hope that you're having as much fun as you're providing fun for all of us out there because it is pretty awesome stuff yeah we're having a total blast it's, this, it's it's just so grateful to be a part of such a fun show especially after the couple years that we've had to just bring so much joy to ourselves and also to the audience it's really special it's got to be so fun to do it i mean is. it's just a riot and the, <laughs> and the reaction from the audience over and over again when you see people hear the different songs that come in i mean they're so delighted oh they're over the top in their delight which has got to feel fantastic from the stage oh it's amazing yeah, yeah. uh also here with us today is my pal bonnie milligan from head over heels and the forthcoming kimberly akimbo oh, which hey. i'm just gonna say it on the podcast right now who will be uh tony nominee next year i'm oh! just saying it I saw it at the Atlantic. I'm just putting it out there. We were texting back and forth last week and about something about Tony time, and she was like, "Oh, I'm going to be out of town for the Tonys," and I said, "Well, get out now because I have a feeling they're going to want you in town next year." I'm saying it. You can listen to this back. Um, Very nice. Thank you. Well, happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, you're also not pixelated. All right. No? Also here, she <laughs> has just taken over the most coveted role in the musical theater canon as Elphaba in Wicked. Talia Seskauer is here. Whoop, whoop. Hello. <laughs> How do you, I mean, that's kind of heady stuff, Talia. It is. It's a, it's a lot, but it's the best, you yeah. know. As you know. Well, listen, I, I Linda, is it true you were her friend? Plot Pivotal. That's me, kids. Absolutely. <laughs> Put that on your cast album at your next theater party. <laughs> I know that guy. Um, so we brought you all three together today to talk about mm-hmm. the new leading ladies of Broadway, which is so well represented here. Uh, but first, before because we are together, have in a world full of workshops and readings and things, have you guys crossed paths before? Have you been aware of each other? Or is this like a total, like, I woke up in... After a 20-year Rip Van Winkle nap and hear these beautiful faces. <laughs> Aware, but I, I have not ever met either of these two women. So Yeah. I think we, did Greg dress you for the Tonys? He, no, uh, for the drama desks. For the drama desks. Okay, yes. so we crossed paths at Ripley Greer. Were we in the hallway? Where the hallway. all people oh cross paths. The hallway, because they were like, have you met Talia yet? I was like, no, but I have to run to the matinee. And we kind of just went, shh, And we just went, right. Yeah, like ships passing ships in, the night. in the night. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's so show busy. Do you did you get dressed by Greg? I got dressed by Greg. Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's so show busy. I love All it. right. I love well, it. and I feel like we did a concert. We, we've or done yes. multiple concerts. Oh. Yeah, I did. You know those fifty-four blows. 54 yes. Blows. But like we weren't singing together, but it was like you know I but got you're on to this hear right. the, the stunning voice. Yeah, yeah. And, and I see, I saw you in Head Over Heels, and you were absolutely oh, incredible. Oh, thanks. Yes. Favorite yeah. Part of the show. Star turn not to be band? believed. Oh, That's always yes. funny when you go to when you meet people that you've heard of at uh, like a concert or a benefit oh, yeah. setting because. Yeah. You want to engage, but at the same time, it's everyone's weird. suffering from benefit lyric syndrome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. everyone is real. desperately trying to remember the s- lyrics to their one, the song that they're going to the sing. The one-offs are the hardest. Like, I can sure. do a full show on my own and have, like, songs I've never sung, but I've got, like, 13 to do, and I'm fine. Sure. But to do one song Impossible. and one concert, you're like, oh, have I messed this yeah. up? I've Especially yeah. if you're, like, a new writer, oh, you're like, oh, yeah. no, yeah. they want their YouTube clip. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> It's I can't so much pressure. That is literally so true. <laughs> and then yeah. sometimes I do. And then yeah. afterwards I say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I really admire your work. <laughs> but it's true. You kind of, you're in your own brain being like, it's so nice to meet you. What comes after that? All right. Yeah. Right. We like to do a little icebreaker here at the Broadway cast uh, with a little game. So in celebration of the new leading ladies of Broadway, we're going to do some legendary leading lady trivia. Okay. I am going to start off by naming credits of a legendary Broadway leading lady. The first one of you to jump in with the answer of who that leading lady is gets the point. There are extra points if you can sing anything from their repertoire. All right, here we go. Now, I don't want you to be polite with each other. Oh, no, not sing, sing, just podcasting. Uh, Now, listen, don't be polite. I want you to jump in there, rip each other's throats out, whatever you got to do, play to win. Here we go. They have each other's a week. I can't do that. Sunday in the Park with George. Bernadette Peters. Bing, bing, bing. Bob Milligan's in. You won. One point to Milligan. All right. Next up, Sweeney Todd. Patty Lapone. Angela Lansbury. Yes. Okay, cool. Bam. Next up, I was going to say Mame. Well done, Talia. Thank you. All right. Cats. Betty Buckley. Who? Correct. Uh, I was then going to go to 1776 after that. Uh, Wicked. Adina Menzel. Yes. So, I, I mean, would have been fast. fast. I would have been fast. fast. Yes. Your new friend, Adina Menzel. The queen mother. Yes. <laughs> the queen mother. Okay, now it gets, we're getting a little more deep cutty on this. Oh, God. The music man. Barbara Cook. Wow. Well, you are deeply I'm nerdy. I God, like what's it. What's wrong with me? I'm responding. No, no everything's right with you. Good. I was just like, what's You're making one? my heart beat fast in a good way. Okay. All right. I can get it for you wholesale. Barbara oh. Streisand. Yes, correct. Good. Bing, bing, bing. On you. All right. We're cru- Quit. <laughs> Ashley's, <laughs> Ashley's having a cigarette in the corner. Uh, don't have cigarettes, kids. Not no. Good, not no, good for the no, voice. No, right. no. Kiss Never. of the Spider Woman. Cheetah Rivera. Correct. Ooh. Bing, bing, bing. Deeper cut still. Uh-oh. Camelot. Julie Andrews. Yeah. Wow. Okay, great. It's May. It's May. The lusty month of May. May. That was a favorite of mine when I had my tapes. At my musical theater tapes Ooh. that I listened to as a kid. Tapes, well, I'll tell you later. You're also young. All right. <laughs> Two more. Sweet Charity. Gwen Verdon. Correct. Wow, you're nailing Fierce. it. Fierce. Really nailing it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Evita. Patty LaFone. Yeah, okay, good. All right, now neither of you can answer. Tolly and Bonnie are out. Well, I'm no, this one to I Ashley. Mean, Ashley, it's for you. Give me no, some no, pop you got culture you got references. <laughs> Marie Christine. That's right, that's right. 110 in the shade. Audra. That's right, it's Audra. She Ashley got Lauren. it on her own. She is on, <laughs> she is on the board. No one's saying any of the repertoire. That's all right. You have to pay we top dollar. You have to pay top dollar to hear <clears throat> these voices, my friends. 
All right, that's leading ladies, a legendary leading ladies. Oh, it looked like that was a strong Bonnie Milligan <laughs> takeaway. Very strong. In second strong. place, Talia. Very strong. And, and honorable and mention. With one. She's and the ringer. Honorable mention. Claiming her space in the room. Standing in my space. Like a supportive spirit, a good energy. We really owe it all to her. Wow. um, Wow. I gave it all for you. All right. Uh, Nobody gets to be a Broadway leading lady, which is, once again, heady stuff for all of you. Um, So I want to get back to the the young ladies that you were um, who only dreamed of this kind of thing. When did the theater bug first bite each of you? Um, I'll start with Ashley. Were you, you were, was, were you a singer before you got interested in theater? How did this, what was this journey um, theater for Theater was actually my first love. Okay. I was a, I have Lyme disease and I, oh. I was diagnosed when I was a kid. So I was a pretty sick kid and theater sort of gave me the escape that I wanted and that I needed to just pretend I was someone else mm. for a while. Wow. So I started, um, I went to, you know, did the theater camps and did the things, and I was six. I was Ariel and the Little Mermaid and sort of got the bug then. Um, yes, you and were. I, <laughs> I sure was. Um, yeah, so I started in theater as a kid as sort of like a a way to escape and, and have some joy and fun, and here we are again just doing the same thing so many years later. Um, but yeah, I did theater for quite some time, and then I sort of segued into pop music, and I started writing. I was I was in some girl groups. I did um, some solo stuff. I was signed for a while. I'm still working. I'm releasing an album shortly. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so I mean, awesome. I just have my hands in a lot of things, but theater was my first love. Um, <clears throat> and here we are. It's I still love it so much. Well, I'm glad that you brought up the love of it because nothing can take the love out of something quite as much as needing to do it for a paycheck, right? <laughs> so we can all just remember that we do this because yeah. it's fun. Yes. Yeah. Where, where did you grow up? New Jersey. In New Jersey. New Jersey, also, Central Jersey. Did you get yeah. to see Broadway shows? I did, I did. Um, we didn't come in often. It was a treat. As mm-hmm. you know, Broadway is expensive. It's definitely very expensive now. Um, but my first Broadway show was Cats. Wow. Mm-hmm. Classic. Mm-hmm. I sat on the aisle. I was. I remember being just a small child and the, the actors were coming up the aisles. And I was like, this is the coolest thing That's I have ever seen. a little terrifying, though, as seen. a kid. Those cats <clears throat> yeah, but, but I grew up with Cats, so like... Everything, uh, uh, like I have literally, this is Mozart. He's on the back of my phone now. So it was less about the scary and just more about cats (laughs) (laughs) to me. Um, But the first show that I saw that I turned to my parents and I was like, oh, I want to do something like this was Jekyll and Hyde. Which was oh. a, it was a full circle it? moment for me. Yeah, full, full circle, circle moment. moment. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that that was a big one for me too. Just the Linda. Yeah, Edder Linda Edder, right? Singing those songs. Oh yes, yeah. just the way she sang, the, the way voice. those songs were written. Yeah. Yeah, bombast. Really wild. But I'm a fan of bombast. What about you, Bonnie Milligan? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm originally from the Midwest, so I grew up in Illinois and Ohio. Um, and I was a singer first. So uh, my dad was a pastor and I grew up in church singing. So essentially, as soon as I could talk, now. I was singing. <laughs> um, and my dad and mom, like they met when he was the new lead singer of the Southern Gospel Group. She was the pianist for. <laughs> so it's a very musical family. So we would travel and they would sing. And then as soon as like I could talk, I was singing with them. They kind of put me up there to go. And I loved it. So I did that. And then when I was in fifth grade, we had... The Christmas musical, which was like a fake one, because it was really small, like 25 kids in a grade, kind of small. Okay. And um, 
I was the lead. I got to be Georgette, the uh, Georgianne, sorry. Georgianne? <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> the elf who saved Christmas. Yes. And I saved That's it. So much pressure. So, and <laughs> I was the elf. Thrived. Yeah. I was like, yes, let me save it. <laughs> um, and so then it was kind of it for me because I hadn't really thought about like, oh, acting too. I just like always sang and then I'm like, oh, this is it. Yeah, I love that. George yeah. Ann. George Ann. Saved Christmas. She did. Talia, how about you? So I'm from South Florida and uh, my mom actually would play Broadway cast albums in the car growing up. So specifically Joseph <gasps> Chess. Thank you for yes. chess. I grew, thank you for chess, always. I grew up on chess. Um, Elaine Page, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then what was another one? Joseph, chess, and I mean those were those were the really the two big ones. Oh, Phantom, of course. Um, and she took us to New York once a year, my sister and I on a girls' trip, uh, starting when we were like five. And it we, we saw shows every time and um we saw and I think this was before I like really wanted to do like I didn't realize it was a career I was just I was a very dramatic kid and I was very obsessive about things and I loved to sing and I loved to put on shows in the living room and and so I actually don't remember what my first Broadway show was because it was on a trip where I saw three which is Uh, kind of like I feel like a shame you remember the three I do (laughs) Beauty and the Beast yes Fiddler Oh. But it was like the revival of Fiddler back in like 2000 Reaction. something. Oh, with like, oh excuse me. Yeah, Fiddler and The Lion King. And I think it was The Lion King. Aw. Sure. Um, yeah. But, and then we went to see Wicked actually um, a few years later. And that was really the first moment where I was like, okay, like this is cool. And it was my sister and I and my mom. And we saw these two women on stage kind of leading the way. And yeah. we were like, I, I like this. So, Incredible. Yeah. Look at you now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, how dreamy is that? I mean, how hard did you cry when you got that phone call? Oh, I mean, unreal. I, I got the call. I was going on tour first, and it was, right. it was uh, it's out of control. I mean, it's I was singing the songs. The songs were my soundtrack to my life pretty much for my entire life. So it was just very, very cool to, to be right about something I felt like I was always meant to do. Mm-hmm. Did you get to tour anywhere near like where you grew up? Like did five you get, hours like... away. Okay. Okay. So they all came drivable. up to Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. Totally drivable. Was there like a ticker tape parade? I know. <laughs> I, would, cool, I want like the whole town. People yes. have kind of come to see me all over the country, which is great. And now it's so much easier to get to New York. So this has been cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's so dreamy. Uh, what about mentors along the way? Is there anybody that you can remember? I like to shout out to the the people who helped us. Was there a teacher, a director, somebody who infused you with the confidence to help let you know that you could do it? Because we get a lot of when you're a kid and you say, I'm going to be this when I grow up. I'm going to sing on the mm-hmm. Broadway stage. And a lot of people are going to tell you, yeah, right, that's not a job. Mm-hmm. Were there people who told you this this was a possibility for my, you? I feel like my uh, choir teacher in high school, I moved to Ohio when I was 16, and um, I connected to my choir teacher, who's only like seven years older than me. So she was so young. She was fresh out of school. And, I love um, that for you. Yeah. And she really like, <laughs> we're like very good friends to this day. <laughs> like yeah. um, that she really invested in me. And uh, it was just like a connection, you know, like she literally told me later, I picked Sound of Music your senior year for you. She was like, what am I going to do for Bonnie? So like it was just that kind of stuff that like later I found out and um and again we're still friends to this day. She and her husband flew out to see Kimberly's opening at the Atlantic. 
um, which was the one show we had to cancel because we were like worried about COVID. Um, And it was the one day, literally we didn't, it wasn't even an outbreak. It was a scare. We'd had little, uh, little bits of it, but we had coverage. And then when one other person had a tickle, we're like, "Uh, it's maybe just take this Sunday off. And that was the day they were set to come. So anyway, but they already have their tickets for Broadway. So they're going to come back. Um, But Laura Kitchell is her name. She was Laura Slack, but now she's Kitchell. Well, and I hope that she is rightfully taking credit for all of your success. And her husband, Tracy, he was also one of my um, teachers at the school. They met there, and that's how they got married. So anyway, the Kitchells were two of my early um, believers who still have been That are still in in your life. Yeah. What have you, uh, Ashley? Um, I think it takes a village, at least for me. Um, I went to an all-girls school that um, I was actually on a music scholarship because it was predominantly a school that was sort of encouraging kids to be doctors and lawyers, and they were looking to get their arts program up. Um, So I started in that school when I was in third grade, and I did all of the musicals, and it was all girls, so we had to to outsource our boys. Oh, my gosh. And sometimes the girls played boys as well. Um, but uh, the teacher, the teachers there, um, Nancy Graham was was the music department. She actually came to see me and Moulin Rouge pretty recently. Um, Jan Baldwin there as well. But also, I went to some vocal coaches outside of school that were super helpful to sure. me. Um, Sal Dupree, who was in South Jersey. Um, I yeah, love it all takes these a people. Village. The names, yeah. I like the names. Yeah. The Sal yeah. Dupree Studio of Voice. I yeah, love that. great name. Yeah. It, it's a great name. And Talia, <laughs> we all, I've, I've assume a lot of people listening know one of your biggest yes. cheerleaders. And like Ashley said, like I, it does take a village, and I have a million. Um, one of which, uh, I got to actually thank in person, Craig Wick, who's my childhood voice teacher, who really worked me through a lot of a lot of troublesome puberty time Um, (laughs) but really my uh, main one her name is Jennifer Yormack and uh, I did children's theater outside of high school because I got to high school and they just didn't like to cast me in anything (gasps) so I my mom was like we got to find you another outlet so like we uh, in my freshman year of high school they I when I went to an arts high school they found me another outlet at this children's theater and um, Jennifer Yormack, I instantly gravitated towards her. She she ran the whole thing and still does to this day. And she just kind of took me under her wing and gave me a lot of tough love. And I think without that guidance, I I would not be the actor or performer that I that I am today. Mm. Yeah. So and she is in my bio. She was at my Broadway debut. She was at my Wicked debut. And she you know she she comes out to support me as often as she can. And I love her so. Thanks, I Jen. hope they know. I hope they know how it's por- how important, how special they are. Yeah. So now that you are in the positions that you are in your career and specifically talking about being the face of these big shows and being so lauded um, in this, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the challenge, challenges that kind of intrinsically come with leading a show in being Princess Pamela in Head Over Heels? What uh, What kind of hurdles do you feel like you have to jump over to do that maybe mentally or even in how you have to live your life to accomplish it and give your best show I think I mean definitely I'm sure we all know (laughs) big things for both of your shows too um vocal health Mm -hmm. and just like body health was such like an important thing like not going out like I kind of did live like a nun in order to be able to Mm -hmm. do that show and you know trying to sleep as much as I could which just feels impossible (laughs) and like 
water and not going if you are gonna like meet up with the people who came in from out of town to see you you're like I'll go to the bar I can't have a drink but I'll have a bite to eat but then I can't go somewhere loud because I can't strain my voice so that, like, that. where are we gonna <laughs> yeah. find a spot like yeah. I can't talk <laughs> above a certain decibel at one point so like what are we gonna find um and for Princess Pamela which was a specific uh I, I feel like other sort of mental hurdle to be a part of that as a larger woman um, and playing the most beautiful girl in the world, this princess that um, meant something to people who aren't told they're beautiful all the time, mm. to see her love herself and be confident that there were days I wasn't confident. You know, I'd be on the train and I would hear like a little kid laugh and point and kind of like make fun of me. And I'm sitting there going, want to cry, but I don't, like I'm an adult woman, you know, and then I have to go into the theater and say, I have to let that go. And uh, because that audience is owed a Pamela who does love herself and a Pamela who wasn't um, just ridiculed for her size mm -hmm. on public transport by an eight-year-old, that I, I can embrace my beauty and stand up there and not be a joke. And that's so important for them to see. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that was really hard. And sometimes that was really healing because after I got out there and did it, I was like, yeah, screw that kid. But, <laughs> but like there are, there are times yeah. that you're like, <clears throat> you know, we self-love is such a choice and it's sometimes really, really hard. And, um, and some days it's easy. And um, on the hard days, it was just like, I owe it to this audience. Mm -hmm. And, Sometimes when you're like out in an interview or something, you're like, I have to be the most self-loving, body positive person in the world. And sometimes that's hard. But I owe it to people who want to see themselves like reflected positively. So that was like a certain um, interesting, what's the word I want? Responsibility yeah. that I mm -hmm. felt yeah. really strongly um, to be represented on stage and off in a positive light. Um so I thought was what was really cool about the storytelling within Head Over Heels in regards to your character was that there was it was never a conversation. No. It was just put that this is the most beautiful girl in the kingdom and, and there was no pandering to like, oh, wink, wink on any of it. No. And Good. that's what I think is so powerful <laughs> yeah. for a young person. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, did what kind of reactions did you get? Like notes, DMs from oh, people? Oh, so sure. many like, you know, and different like fan gifts or like notes or something that was like, you know, I honestly was bracing myself for the joke to come and I was sort of wincing like, oh, no, and it never came. And some uh, being so delighted and some really like emotional about that. Um, uh, a lot of like notes that made me really cry, you know, mm -hmm. where you're just like, wow, how sad, though, that we don't get to see ourselves positively reflected as just humans. Um, I mean, I know as an actress, so many scripts I get, there's always like a an adjective in the character that would describe that she my size like to justify why I'm there mm. and it's hard because I want to walk into a room without like an adjective or an adverb to uh be the reason why I'm there like I'm mm -hmm. just a human mm -hmm. and I want that for anybody like mm -hmm. whatever it is that you feel represents you in the world you should just be able to exist and see yourself as a human and not you know, explained that you're there because of that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I, what a powerful presence you are in that for Thank so many you. people to mm -hmm. be on this, on the Broadway stage is a worldwide stage. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think Thanks. that's sensational.
And I think all of these roles have a little bit of that yeah. uh, aspirational thing for little girls. I mean, obviously, we know that Elphaba is, is so <laughs> your little girls go wild for Elphaba. They see yeah. themselves in that. Um, but what I is liked, your? I, th- I loved what Bonnie said in terms of talking about the responsibility because it is. I think on the days that it's hard and it's often hard, mm-hmm. um, especially in this in this role that requires literally all of me at all times, I have to remember that. And when I do think about the responsibility that someone out there needs to hear this today and someone out there is is hearing this story for the first time and seeing themselves in, in these in these characters, it makes it so much easier and it makes everything that I do so much more intentional um, and purposeful. And I can get through the show knowing that I've done it for someone out there who needed it today. Um, so I, I love that because I feel that very, very strongly every day. So. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I think it's really, it's an interesting time to also be on Broadway given what's going on in our country yeah. and in our mm-hmm. world at all times, not even, I mean, also including the pandemic, but cause, because I find myself so many mornings being like, oh my gosh, this happened today. And what am I going to do? I'm going to go put on a double corset and prance around and it's a lot of corset <laughs> you know and I'm like why am I doing corset. this today and then I realize this is why I'm doing this yeah. today and it is an active thing to to continuously be intentional and purposeful I love those words that you used about it because you know we don't wake up every day thinking like you know this is what we do is going to save the world. Right. We don't, that's not how we wake up because we're human and we're like, oh my gosh, the world is overwhelming and I'm overwhelmed and I might not feel great today. Maybe there's something going on in my personal life or maybe there's something going on in the country with with <laughs> equality and rights and, and COVID and do we have a show today? Like it's a very, um, it's a very important thing for us to find in each other on stage something that grounds us and brings us together mm. in a time that is so fragile in every way. And art has always been something that has united people, mm-hmm. always from the beginning of time when you are feeling whatever it is that you are feeling, you turn to art, whether it's a book or or a movie or music or a story. Or, it's where and all it's, change and progression yes, comes from. Yes, so, so it's, it is... You know, a huge part of our job, of course, what we do on stage every day, but the things that we do that go so far beyond that. I mean, we get I get messages to you all the time that it's like we I didn't even think that what I was doing could possibly have saved someone's life. But it but it does. It actually does save lives in ways that we just don't even really know. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a beautiful thing. So it's it's the responsibility of it all that goes so far beyond the art itself but more just as humans creating Mm -hmm. art and giving that back and receiving in return that's sort of what everything is about it's got to be hard to remember every single day when eight shows a week is a lot of shows it's an awful lot of shows Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about your journey with moulin rouge Mm -hmm. and going from being the standby Mm -hmm. from from the get-go and then and then taking over the role that's great So I started, I joined the Broadway company um, for Broadway. I didn't do any of the the pre-Broadway Boston run, but I started as the standby for Satine. Um, and then about halfway through our run before March of 2020, um, I moved to alternate and I was doing uh, at least one show a week at that point in time. Um, and then upon the return post-COVID, I 
continued to be alternate. I moved to two set shows a week. And then, um, you know, with things being as they are, I was on quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so here I am now now stepping into the role officially. What's, what's different about about you, about how you approach it now that you are in there every every night? Everything is different. Um, so much is the same, but everything is different. I'm different. I think also just going through the pandemic as an artist, living in New York City as a woman, um, and everything that was happening in our world, I think you just enter the process of creating art or making art or doing what you love with a different sense, renewed sense of gratitude and privilege and um, vulnerability mm-hmm. and honesty and openness. And I think... It's just we were shown what it was like to not have art here for a while. We were shown what it was like to not be able to have a job, to not. So it's it's the renewed sense of gratitude and so full of abundance and mm-hmm. that we are to be able to do what we love as leading ladies, let alone doing it at all. Yeah. Um, so I think that's huge. Also, my process has been so different every time we, you know, when I first started, um, you know, they had never taught a satine before there was no it, you know ko was the satine and i was the first one being like okay like what do we do like how yeah it's okay okay <laughs> right. okay jotting it down um, in the book. you know you know because yeah. it had never it was never done um and i you know learned so much in that process and then coming back from the pandemic um we were able to sort of get into the rehearsal studio again and create and change some things and 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 breathe some new life into what the show was when we came back. Very cool. And then now I w- I was I'm so grateful I was able to actually have a rehearsal process with the new oh, principals nice. and with Derek, which is a blessing yeah. and a privilege. Yeah. And it was so incredible for our the development of our relationship on mm-hmm. and off stage. Yeah. And that's like so your show important. Now, rather than yeah. you coming into something. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's, you know, like because there's always this line that you tow of like you need the show needs to be what the show is for everyone that does it eight times a week. Mm-hmm. So when you're going in and you're filling in, you can bring a little bit of yourself, but like, you know, it, it's, it's a machine that needs to go and it, it takes a lot of every single, count eight. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> and every single person on that stage is putting their whole self onto that stage. And it can, you know, it's a responsibility, which is understudies and swings covers really have kept Broadway yeah. a lot. They always have, but even more so now I, I do not have the brain capacity to even understand how some of these no. <laughs> these yeah, incredible no. artists, superhuman. No. Super yeah. um, but I think, yes. you know, being able to get into the room and sort of find what our dynamic was with the rest of the principals. And I think it was a beautiful way for Moulin Rouge to sort of, you know, we they cast a bunch of new people at the same time. And yeah. so we were able to get into the studio and really figure out what we wanted to bring to it and Delicious. find that story together. And I think that that was really a breath of fresh air for me and it's wonderful to be able to just play on stage and it really fostered a great relationship with the people well, and on be stage, able to just have the time to dig deeper on totally yeah, the, yeah which so is long. which is a wild journey for me in in so many different ways but it's it's been quite the adventure and i'm i'm very grateful yeah for, for it which i've got to turn to talia then and as i'm sure you get asked this question all the time though but what there's a there's a legacy of ladies who have played this this iconic role and and you were charged with making it your own and yeah. stepping into it which you are very clearly doing it right. I I think that's the best part about coming into Wicked is that and I get again I get this question a lot is like how do you feel like and of course the imposter syndrome creeps in but um Wicked very rarely makes mistakes at all in terms of 
their casting and I think and I had to like I was told that a lot and I had to like really believe that especially at first when I was cast on tour and I was like I think you've made a mistake (laughs) (laughs) it was like a week we closed be more chill and I was auditioning and then I had one audition and then a callback and then they were like you're going on tour and I got there and in my first musical rehearsal, I literally said to him, I was like, um, I'm so sorry. I think you've made a mistake. And oh. I don't, I think, and he goes, Mm-mm. no, 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 he, we don't, we don't make mistakes about this stuff. Oh, and then we, we sang through all of it and he was like, you're going to be fine. You're just, you just have to do it. You're going to be fine. And I was, and I think it's the daily reminder that I belong here and I, mm-hmm. I know I can do it. And every person I think that steps into this role brings their own unique spin to it. Mm-hmm. And they're just by the very nature of them being a different person. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, you know, kind of talking about rehearsal process post pandemic, this was really cool. So, you know, you, you come into a show that's been running on tour for, I think for 13 years on Broadway for almost 20 years and uh, pandemic happens. We shut down and a year and a half goes by. And then I was a part of the remounting cast on tour when they brought us back. And so, this was the first time in years that the whole creative team from Wicked was back in the same wow. room. Incredible. Remounting our show for 10 days. We worked with Joe Mantello and every every single person. I don't think Schwartz wasn't there, but l- literally everybody else was there. He's elusive. Or, He's elusive. <laughs> a little busy, too. You got to catch him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, everyone else was there, and it was like them talking about things they want to change, and they changed some things, um, and... And I, it was so cool to be a part of that. And it felt like I was really being put into the show and, and yeah. things were being changed on me because I was saying things differently. And he liked that or he wanted me to say it was it was just really cool. And it gave me a sense of not ownership, but a sense of like, OK, like I'm putting my stamp on this and I belong here in this moment mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. Um, and then to be validated from that experience and like that would have been enough for me on tour like I would have been like great this was sick and I'm ready to move on <laughs> but to have them be like no we want you to do this bring your alphabet in New York is was the biggest honor ever so I'm I'm thrilled to be did here. you did you know while you were on tour how long how long before did you know so I was on tour for six months pandemic happened zero there was n- I mean at that point who th- who thinks that not me <laughs> um and then came, we came back and we had our rehearsal process and like you hear kind of like little whispers here and there throughout like the fall that are like hey like this could be a possibility for you just keep it up but again in my brain I'm like I don't know you know that's Mm -hmm. a long shot and I don't want to get my hopes up because that would that would be killer um and again just doing it on tour and the whole remounting would have been enough but then I got a call about two months before I left tour but before my um I actually my contract was up and I was gonna go and I got a call. We were in Costa Mesa, California. And mm. they called me and they were like, we have your Broadway offer. And I was like, okay. Does not compute. <laughs> Beep, bop, boop. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, it didn't feel bad. Felt, nope. It wasn't a bad call. <laughs> not so, at all. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you all about the experience of being in the theater and mm. and showing up to do these massive roles and to do these roles that everybody's got their eyes on. What uh, what is the importance of the connection? I think Ashley touched a little bit on this with your co-stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you have a uh, a personal connection that kind of goes deeper than with other people on the stage? Are you how is there energy that trickles down from from you into the rest of the cast and into the ensemble? And do you feel that you need to show up in a <clears throat> pardon me in a certain way for them? Um, how does that go, Bonnie? Yeah, I think. Um... So during Head Over Heels, the opening, 
uh, there it was a cast of 16 and the opening number had 15 of us like the only person not in the opening was peppermint and you know she came in later um and so I every day like we would start behind the curtain you know and I would call like a moment of connection and I would go <laughs> to every it. single person I'd be like let's have our moment of connection like you know uh, Greg Lyles, who's one of our um, ensemble guys, he and I had an entire routine. Think like Lohan, the parent trap, like the handshake. We had something similar to that. And we would like hug and it would be a whole thing. And we would end with a moment of connection, ah, stuff like that. So, <laughs> and I, and if like they were about, they're like places, places. And some people weren't up. I was like, where have you been? Come here. Look at me in the eye. Okay. We're doing this just to feel like we're doing this together. Like mm-hmm. we're in this together. And, um, and then in Kimberly Akimbo, you know, there's nine of us in that show. And we were at the Atlantic. It was such a small space. And it was just like upstairs. There's just a curtain separating <laughs> like the two dressing rooms. And so early on, we were all like, let's just, can we all circle up? Can we? And, and Vicki Clark, who leads that show, was like, let's do this. Let's do. So we would, we all, we, you know, we called it like our kiki that we would get together and, um, kind of do like a quick warm up together and we would always like look each other in the eye and uh just like see each other before that and in that show I come in like 30 minutes in so I'm like I want to see everybody before I get out there and it's not the first time um and I find that I mean those are like those experiences just make it like again we're in this together there's nobody doing this on their own especially Mm -hmm. like if you're a lead role there's no differentiation to me of like whoever's on that stage, like, and especially Mm-mm. like if your swing or your mm-hmm. understudy is mm-hmm. in, it's so important to say, "Hey, we're doing this together. Look yeah. at me. We get to play today, yeah. and we're all gonna go out there and tell the same story, and you know, let's let's have fun." So uh, to me, it always helps to like circle up and like, yeah, really look each other in the eye. I think I completely agree with that, and I also, to your point, Ben, about talking about if it trickles down, it absolutely does. Um, and I've been in companies where I've been a swing or I've been in the ensemble. And if the people, if the players that lead the show are not leading from a place of positivity mm-hmm. and safety mm. um, for all, it's not going to be a good experience. Yeah. So I'm a, as hard as it is sometimes for me, I'm an open door alphaba. Like I want people to walk by my room. Rarely I'm, seen the open door <laughs> alphaba. <laughs> I am, I, it, it's also a, a track that is... Like, I'm constantly in solitude and people are hating me constantly the entire time. So I, that's hard for me and I want to connect with people as much as I can so the men's ensemble comes down all the time um, that way to to head to the stage past my room and I'm always like, hi, hi, how are you? You know, as often (laughs) as I can um, with the energy that I have because I think it's really important. I also think that it's important that, um, you know, you don't know where everyone's at every day. And I think that we all have to come and do the show. So it's important for me to connect with people, especially the people I, I do scenes with as humans that day before the show or during to be like, are you good? How are we? Because if you're not like, I want to make sure you're okay because we have to be vulnerable on stage together. Mm-hmm. So it's important to check in in that way and have a close relationship with my, with my people yeah. on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Broadway is a team sport yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, that also extends to the backstage crew and mm-hmm. like our yeah. teams that help us get ready as well. Yeah. I'm a, I'm definitely a very um, ritualistic person. <laughs> so I um, ev- I have a pretty, you know, I have my set things that I do before the show with my dresser and my and my wigs. And 
Um, and I definitely, I, I speak to Derek. He comes in at mm-hmm. 15 every day while we're getting ready. And we have, we sort of have a moment of connection so that the first time we see each other isn't, mm-hmm. you know, on stage. Um, I also, I enter about 20 something minutes into the show. Yeah. Um, and it's and I come from the ceiling, and it's and it's casual, casual, so yeah. casual. which is just mm-hmm. like the most epic entrance of your dreams. Yeah. Insane. And also, you know, it's yeah. the least grounding yeah. entrance, literally, right. literally. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's important for me. I mean, for safety reasons, but also just to feel a part of the whole that I also connect with people. So yeah. I mean. I don't get to connect with any everyone before I see them on stage, but um, I definitely cast. It it is a big cast. It is a big cast, and we also have an incredible pre-show. So there's a lot of people who are actually starting their performance, their show. I gotta see this. You know, yeah. Yeah. So before curtain, staring you down and seducing you. It's an immersive, spectacular (laughs) in every sense of the word. It's really an honor and a privilege. But I think you know when I get ready and I have to go do my presets. I, in order to get to the trapeze, I have to walk sort of from my dressing room tower backstage past a bunch of people who are in the wings, all of the crew. We do like a nice hello. <laughs> I make eye contact with all of the crew members because honestly, they are the ones that are also keeping us safe every yeah. day. Yeah, they are. Um, and are working so hard and are called so early yeah. and sometimes live so far away. Yeah. Um, so it's important for me to not just connect with, you know, my castmates, but also with the crew and stage management and the people that because, again, I mean, especially in these fragile times, it is such a team sport. Mm. Yeah. Um, but there are specific moments that, you know, there's a there's a moment when Ziedler, Eric Anderson comes off stage for a brief second in the opening and we and we do like a. A little, we have a brief moment of connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we do, you know, we do our little ritualistic thing that we do. And then before I head up to the trapeze, I usually wait side stage and I have like a wave with a couple of the people that are coming off. We have a moment and then, you know, it's it's wonderful because our show is so interactive with everyone on stage that, you know, even in my opening, my opening with Diamonds, I'm like talking to people on stage and I'm yeah. like, hello, how are you? In the middle of singing. And it keeps it fun and also... You know, it is just such a fragile time, and it's important to to find the joy and leave open door Alphaba, open door Satine. Like it. that's yeah. that's it really does make a huge difference. And I find selfies on my phone that the cast will take oh, during the show, it. which I really love. I think it's so beautiful. Um, it's just we are a family, and we have to always remember that. Yeah, and I th- I wonder if it's I love hearing all this because it's got to be on some level for real talk a little isolating. When you, because what you have to show up for things like this and you're doing press and you're, and you're taking care of your body and not able to go out and have a social life necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, and in the era of COVID also. Oh my it's God. Just, I'm trying to get everything is so isolated. <laughs> so you're really not job. doing anything. Like you're yeah. trying to literally you're just trying dodge to and duck <laughs> yeah. so that you're not getting sick. And by the way. You can't go out. No. no you can't way. do that. And then also like you have to miss work for 10 days potentially. Yeah. And yeah. that's a whole thing. And yeah. Oh, I know. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, nobody wants to miss the show. Nobody wants to be out of the work. No. Um, I want to. This is kind of the the hardball question for you, ladies. What are I think the challenges or differences or inequalities, even maybe, um, that are put upon you as actresses in high profile positions that maybe men are not held to or that are not. Everyone's eyes just went woo doo in their heads. 
Um, what are what are some of the differences there that you see that that you feel like you have to confront that maybe men wouldn't? I think that especially with Alphaba in my show, mm-hmm. it's the uh, the expectation of vocal perfection that people expect from me constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with certain men in my show and maybe in other shows, they're 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 given some more grace. But for some reason with Alphaba's people really just like if you are not nailing, if you're not in the center of that pitch, all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, they've got all the videos comparing yeah, all the I mean, like, and, and all it, of those But things. I'm like, you want to see what I have to do backstage, y'all? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's like the amount, the sheer amount of running, lack of breaks, like running down to the trap door in a 12-pound dress, like, and then just immediately going up to sing and, and just doing all of the stuff that I have to do. I just feel like, I don't know if you all feel this way too, but maybe men aren't scrutinized exactly in that way that that we are i mean at least vocally that's the first thing that comes to i mind. think that's really interesting yeah i think i think there's probably some truth to the fact that in when i do anything that involves audience interaction people that's what people love most about musical theater are these right. female songs yeah. these mm-hmm. belty yeah. numbers Huge. and mm-hmm. yeah. right 100 percent. that's a, that's yeah. that's a big deal or they compare us unfairly like mm-hmm. yeah they're like oh she didn't do what so and so did, mm-hmm. or I'm like, yeah, because I'm not. I'm a different, hu- yeah, different human, different person. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like I never see like male compilations of things. Maybe I'm not looking for them. Right, they're no one's <laughs> Brian Stokes Mitchell and Brian Darcy James yeah, against right. each other. I think other. that goes into the building of it. Also, mm-hmm. like for me, I think it is the idea of like the divas and what they're gonna do, right. and like how impossible the tracks become, and. um <sighs> And, you know, <laughs> younger doing Head Over Heels and was like, well, I want to make sure that this is clearly my track and it's going to be insane. And um, I want to keep the job, you know, before right. they replace me with somebody famous. Oh, my God. Um, that, you know, now it's like, do we have to go insane? Like, like let's just, like, rein it in a bit. Um, all Fs all the time. Yeah, it's got to be <laughs> doable. Um, yeah, sustainable. That it, it just becomes something that there is a certain expectation, I think, on – women to like show you absolutely everything we have <laughs> leave it on the stage yeah um, and do it in a heel and then, <laughs> and and then, then be yeah. grateful <laughs> that like oh yeah you know you get to yeah. and, oh, um, yes. and like don't have any complaints like that's what i feel like some yes, things you know complain. you hear about mm. like why like oh well the diva oh well if she's difficult and it's like or if i'm just like a human that maybe like a big task has been set in front of me and like we're all human and maybe it's like I'm having a bad day, but I don't hear that a lot about men in the business about Mm -hmm. like if they're so difficult or it's just like, well, they're, you know, he just needs what he needs. Cool. Me too. Right. right? Yeah. This is a, this is a cultural issue. It's called patriarchy. Yes. (laughs) It's it's capitalism. It's patriarchy. And you know, Broadway is, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the part, part of the thing, s- part of the, the system. system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just little cogs in the machine. Yes. <laughs> well, you're well, but you're so much more, really. Yeah, of and of then course. that's and that's what the why that's so important that you guys get that feedback when you do from the audience members who are moved and and touched by you. Um, oh, fantastic! Yeah, I want to ask you all, dream roles. Ooh. Oh gosh! I mean, everyone I like made the exact same like, face. It was my, a little mine are all like. Face. Older, you know, this is on time. Ladies. Honestly, like, me too. I want to be loved. I want to be, um, you know, Mama Rose. I want. Oh yeah, um, done and done, easy. And more, like always, more um, 
originals. It's been really yeah. fun to originate. I'd yeah. like to get uh, to just know. very quickly on the Kimberly Akimbo side, did, did they write this role for you? No, I mean, it was based it on sure a play. It sure feels like it. Yeah. It was, you know, it was a play of David Lindsay Bear's 20 years ago that yeah. they just, you know, put into a musical and they've been, they had a few workshops. I auditioned over the pandemic on a self-tape with my mom what? as my Incredible. reader. Incredible. Used my phone, like propped up with her encyclopedia set. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, and it was literally like May of 2020. I mean, they asked for it the last week of March, but my dad had just died. And I was like, right. I can't do a self-tape right now. And they're like, okay, a couple weeks. And then it was just like the grief cloud where you're right. just, you can't memorize anything. And I'm like, this feels like it's, I mean, it's David Lindsay Bear, it's Janine Tesori. These are really important, wonderful people I want to work with. I think if I put in a bad self-tape, it will be more detrimental than a I can't tape right now. Mm. And if it's meant to be, it will come back. Mm. And I have to trust that. But I just know, like, I can't right now. And I had to, like, talk to my agent on the phone to be, like, struggling. So she was talking to them, and they're like, okay, they'll wait. <laughs> she be like, okay. So then I put it in the first week of May and got it very quickly. Yeah. And I mean, so then like it was to be thank you. It's to be that so summer. Excited. And that was the other part of my brain being like, I'm not gonna go back at this summer. Like was this which summer was this? Twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty. Oh. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> the part of me was like, I can't memorize this. This isn't real. Right. You know? Like, what's yeah, the point? And then like we're I gonna get, do this in what theater? Yeah. I, I yeah. get it. And they were like, So this summer and I was like, Okay. <laughs> sure. And then it was like, We're gonna push it to maybe the fall if we can. I was like, Cool, cool, cool. Uh-huh. Still in Ohio. <laughs> and then I come back and it was like, I don't know, I allegedly have a job, but I don't know if that's ever gonna start. And then, you know, 21, we have vaccines, we have things starting, we have, but I don't know, I haven't heard, I haven't heard. When I finally heard, we're going to start in September, I was like, wait, it's real? Oh, great. Oh, great. I'll, I'll so get to work on that. It was like yeah. a year and a half after I booked it off of a self-tape with my mom in Ohio. Which so amazing. Yeah, um, it really is. And then you're in the room, of course, and like certain things like shift when you're doing it. And, you know, I ad-lib something and you wrote it in and, um, and then they Love built that. the song like ended on a C and then it was like the MD uh, Chris Fennick was like maybe you go to the G and I was like uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I do. and then uh, Janine was like I think maybe the E so we're like building I'm like okay the E sounds good <laughs> and then w- in one of the shows one of the previews I I just got excited and I went to the G and then it set on the G so then it stayed there. Well, then this is your fault, Bonnie. So that is my fault. And I was like, I promise that wasn't even a choice. Right. Oh I just gosh. got so excited. And then it kind of stuck. And I remember Vicky, she was like, you know, you could always go to the E. That was impressive, too. And I was well, like, I, I, it just matinees. becomes. Sure. A, mat, a matinee. A matinee. It's a negotiation. <laughs> matinee. You, I mean, I'm so excited to see her at this show. Oh, yeah. Well, I am so excited. I'm so thrilled to talk to all of you. And I, and I really feel like it's going to be really fun for all of us to continue to watch your careers um, as you go from these yeah. massive roles that you're, you're in or taking on now and continue forward. Um, but we're out of time. And oh, I oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So fast. I know. So it fast. makes me so sad inside of my heart. Um, <laughs> but you're all tremendous. Uh, if you haven't listened to Ashley Lauren's original music, I'm a big fan. It's oh, so great. You. Make sure you see Bonnie and Kimberly yes. Akimbo. Get uh, to the Gershwin. Get to the Gershwin. Yes. To see Talia Soskauer. Yes. Um, and you guys... 
sacrifice a lot to do these roles and um, it shows incredible strength of character as people <laughs> and I think that's what we've learned today um, just how wonderful you are off stage as well as on um, so I'm a big fan so thank you all very much thank, thank you, you. see you yeah. soon yes yeah. bye. Bye. bye see they're not just leading ladies they're people people uh, what an incredible conversation we just had with those fabulous ladies. Want to remind you that you can subscribe to the show and you should subscribe to the show. Make sure that you rate us, review us. Also follow us on social media at the Broadway cast. Follow me at Ben does Broadway. And if you want to support our show to the fullest extent possible for a human, you can do so on Patreon. Just click the link in the liner notes and support us on Patreon. All right, we will see you on our next episode. I'm your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, saying have a great show.